Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. Let me tell you something. I damn near got myself in all kinds of trouble last week with a you know condensed episode where I, I just stayed on one topic and took a few people to task. You know, so there were a few hurt feelings. A lot of folks cheered me on, but you know, the internet almost broke over that. And I'll tell you right now, folks, you know me. The Duke does not back down. I'm going to tell it like it is. I'm going to tell the truth, and we'll let the chips fall where they may. Okay? There's no two ways about that. So, Mick Foley, if you're listening right now, I'm still waiting for you to remove yourself from the WWE Hall of Fame in protest since you have such a problem with uh, Donald Trump being in the WWE Hall of Fame. I don't understand why you, you didn't call out the the – other folks, you know, the racists and the sexists and the pimps and the murderers, domestic abusers. But, you know, I, I have faith in you, Foley. I know that you'll find a way to do the right thing and, and lead by example. <laughs> yeah, right. This week, folks, I'm going to be uh, sharing some thoughts from a general standpoint on a few top stories in wrestling. And you guessed it. I got another uh, thing that I want to deep dive in and something very serious as it relates to this whole COVID-19 pandemic and how it's affecting the industry overall. But I want to start off with something interesting here. Lacey Evans. We've seen through the years that there are certain wrestlers that will just excel and have a fantastic year. They just, they go on a tear. They go on a run. I think back to uh, Dean Malenko, you know, remember when Dean Malenko was the Pro Wrestling Illustrated um, number one in the PWI 500? Because he just he had a remarkable year in WCW where he was just tearing it up. He, you know, pound for pound, he was the best wrestler in the world. Uh, AJ Styles, you know, what he did in Impact Wrestling was just incredible, right? I mean, literally, even at times when people weren't even watching Impact, AJ always stood out above all else. You think of Daniel Bryan and his run when he eventually became the uh, world champion in the WWE. Fantastic, right? And even, you know, you let's let's talk about Charlotte Flair. Let's talk about Becky Lynch. Bailey arguably had the best run last year. Sasha Banks. Thunder Rosa for sure. She tore it up last year. So there are people who they exceed expectations and they really establish themselves as being in the elite, the best of the best and what have you. And I'm telling you right now, what I'm seeing from uh, Lacey Evans, and I mean, listen, we're only 14 days into January, so please, I know that we got a long way to go, but what I'm seeing from Lacey Evans right now is just tremendous, just tremendous stuff from her. It's clear that She's settling into a groove of being a heel. She's she's fine-tuned her character to the point where it's believable. 
and we get it. We're used to it. She's obnoxious to the point where it's just highly entertaining. And, you know, her, her in-ring work continues to get better, which is important because I always felt that she was better than what she got credit for. But I, I've noticed lately that she's gotten a little better than that. Uh, and also, she's kept herself in fantastic shape. Uh, she's tanned. She looks like a star on, on TV. It just all translates very well. So, you know, kudos to, to Lacey. And right now, she's putting probably the biggest feud of her career. She's in there with Charlotte Flair. You know, they're back at butting heads with each other. But Ric Flair has been inserted inserted now. So Ric Flair, it looks like he's managing Lacey Evans. And, you know, she's calling him daddy and all kinds of foolishness there. But it looks like Flair and, and Evans have teamed up to oppose Charlotte Flair, which is really interesting. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to be in there with one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time and to be essentially coached by the greatest of all time in Ric Flair. So that's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. But I, but I did see something um, where a couple of folks have pointed out Lacey Evans calling Ric Flair daddy and saying that, you know, she's giving him the kiss on the cheek and the, the whole entendre of, of the old man and the, the younger, pretty young lady there. You know, it's, it's a little old hat. It's you would think with the the quality of women's wrestling that we see out there and even with an athlete of Lacey Evans stature uh, that we would be past some of these old troops. And tropes, I should say. And I, I, I understand that point of view. I mean, uh, little Noel, Noel Harlow Lagrazo, she even pointed it out. And this is somebody who has wrestled. You know, she was a, she was also a manager. You know, she spent many years in the business. And she pointed out that Lacey is better than this latest weird soap opera style thing that she's involved in with Ric Flair and Charlotte. And I saw a few people push back on that and say, well, this is what wrestling is. You know, if you want people to pay attention, you got to have some of this hokey stuff in there. I got to tell you, I feel like we do need to get past a lot of this foolishness. Somebody like Lacey Evans. I mean, Jesus, she's a former drill instructor. She's in incredible shape. She's athletic. She has a gimmick where you just love to hate her. You know, she's a great heel. We haven't even scratched the surface of what she can do, in my opinion, right? She, she's got a lot to offer, man. And I, I would like to see them focus a lot more on what she has to offer in those areas. With that said, nothing beats great character work. You got you to gotta dig. You got to put people in positions where they show different sides of themselves and they show their range. This storyline very well could put Lacey Evans in a position where she can do some acting, like legitimately, right? Which will only help her. So it's it's kind of six in one, half a dozen in the other. It's it's really, I, I respect anybody who's pointing out that this is old school foolishness where she doesn't really need Ric Flair in order to get herself over. And especially, you know, Charlotte and, and Lacey, they don't need Ric Flair inserted in that situation. But I, I don't believe it It hurts. It doesn't hurt. You know, Ric Flair is going to, he's going to draw attention. And hopefully he understands 
that the attention needs to be put on the ladies feuding. And he's just the device used to help get the other two further over, which ultimately it's, it's about getting Lacey over because Charlotte is already established. She's already one of the greatest of all time. Right. And we already know Rick is, is he's it. He's at the top of the mountain. Greatest of all time. No two ways about it. So everything needs to be about getting Lacey over and we can't make her look weak and we can't make her look silly. So either she's going to turn on Rick in order to use it against Charlotte, or this is going to be a long-term thing. But I just hope that they have planned this out because if it was just something slapped together, then that's just silly. And I think Lacey Evans uh, deserves more than that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But I'm, I'm intrigued. And, and I do appreciate people weighing in on it and having an opinion on it because it shows that they're at least paying attention. So, you know, stay tuned on that one because it's going to continue to develop. You know, I saw that um, Bailey had spoken about, you know, people criticizing her and, and she not necessarily getting the credit uh, that maybe she's earned, especially compared to, let's say, somebody like uh, Becky Lynch. And she's saying she's striving to have the type of impact and believability that Becky Lynch was able to establish for herself. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm absolutely one of those people that has taken Bailey for granted because I thought that, you know, the big kid sister gimmick was kind of outdated and silly. Um, it definitely reached its limit where you got to put that away for a little while. It's, it's, it's similar to, to uh, surfer sting. You know, there was a point where surfer sting, you know, sting who's in NWA and WCW, what have you. Um, there was a point where that surfer gimmick just wasn't over anymore. And thank God that he did the crow gimmick because he, he's been putting food on the table ever since with that. It's great. And I think that, you know, Bailey's latest incarnation where she's just obnoxious and she's kind of a, a fool. You know, she has the, the Karen haircut, as they call it. Um, I dig it. You know, I dig what Bailey's doing. I think she's great. And from a work standpoint, Bailey makes everybody that she's in the ring with better because she absolutely is a ring general. She absolutely is. And she's probably, with the exception of, of Natty, I would say Bailey is probably the best in the company at being a ring, ring general. I don't think there's anyone better than her at that. Everybody looks good in the ring with Bailey. You know? So when you when you put it in that kind of perspective. She she's highly underrated. Bailey is highly underrated. So, you know, her trying to make it to that level that Becky Lynch was able to ascend to. Who knows? You know, it may never happen. She may never be respected on that front or, or held in that regard from a flash standpoint. But as far as a quality of work standpoint, my goodness. Bailey is 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 leaps and bounds better than Becky. Becky couldn't hold a candle to her because Becky doesn't make everybody in the ring better. She just doesn't. Okay, I'll stand firm on that. She's an intriguing and an interesting character, but she doesn't make her, her opponents better. No way. There's there's a lot more taking than there is giving in that regard. Trust me. I 
you know, it's, I hate to say it this way, but this is what it is. Bailey is Brett the Hitman Hart. And in a lot of ways, Becky, she's a, she's kind of like a Shawn Michaels. You know, there's a little bit more flash and a lot less substance there. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. So, you know, and you take your preference on what you would rather have. But, you know, Bailey's, Bailey deserves a lot more than she receives. Uh, I'll just say that. She's, she's brilliant. And what she's doing right now with Bianca Belair is just, oh my goodness. You know, Bailey and Sasha, and I, and I know that Charlotte started the ball rolling, but Bailey and Sasha, the, the past six months, they've just been doing tremendous work with Bianca Belair. Tremendous. It's great. Because I'm going to tell you right now, as, as naturally gifted as Bianca Belair is, and she's an athlete, everybody who said that she should be further up the ladder didn't know what they were talking about, and myself included. Yes, I wanted to see her. You know, on Raw or SmackDown, I wanted to see her more in the ring, but she wasn't ready. And and I can I can admit that now, seeing where she is today, she's just finally starting to make sense of all of her natural abilities. She's just finally starting to put it together, and she's looking more credible than ever. Right? I, I brought up Sting before. You know, this reminds me of when Sting wrestled Ric Flair at Clash of the Champions, where Flair basically made Sting. Right? I see that in Bianca where it's like what Sasha and Bailey are doing, they're making her and they're laying a foundation and they're teaching her and everything they do with her in a manner where when she finally becomes champion and and, and that's undeniable, she's going to be champion. She's going to hold that title for a while because she's going to be able to actually, you know, carry her match. She's not going to need somebody better than her to carry her, which is important because as a champion, part of your job is not just to get yourself over. You got to get your opponent over too, right? Because if you, if you beat somebody and they're nobody, then you didn't beat nobody, which makes you kind of a nobody. But if everybody you beat is a somebody, well, that's a different story, right? Think about that for a second there. Everybody that Stone Cold Steve Austin beat was somebody, right? Think about that. But then you think about Drew McIntyre now. Is everybody Drew McIntyre beat somebody? There's a difference. And and I'll tell you, you know, I'm starting to buy into Drew a little bit more now because I like the little sword thing that he's doing. It sounds silly, but at least there's some character work there where before the match, he puts the sword through the whatever the hell it is, and then the pyro goes off. That's awesome. Because it's let me know that this guy's ready to go to war, right? And he looks he looks great. He looks like a million bucks. And his in-ring work is good enough. But that little tweak, it makes me buy in more. It makes me more excited for what's about to happen as opposed to him just walking to the ring. Give me a break. Anyway, I, 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 got, a lot of, I got a lot of time for Bailey. And I appreciate her work and, and you know. Someday, she's going to be one of the top trainers in in WWE. I believe that, and I hope that's what happens. She's going to be one of the top trainers in the industry because she's that damn good. But that's a long way off because she still has some great matches to have. You know, I, I, I salivate. I pray for the day 
where we get to see Bailey versus Sasha Banks. I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, Bailey versus Thunder Rosa, or Bailey, Sasha Banks, Thunder Rosa, Charlotte Flair in the ring all together. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Who doesn't want to see that match? Triple threat. That'd be incredible, right? So I'm just saying. Shout out to Bailey out there. And you know what? I, I brought up Bianca Belair. I see this 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 Jade in AEW. Cargill, however you pronounce her last name there. Forgive me. I, I like Jade. I think Jade is, is cool, man. I mean, she she's much taller than most of the other girls. And I don't think that's just the heels. I think naturally she has longer legs. She, she's taller than them. And clearly she's a, a top-notch athlete. Track and field definitely is in her background because um, she's all muscle. She was carved out of stone, man. Just incredible. I hope AEW doesn't make the mistake of rushing her in the ring. I like this thing where she's just kind of beating people up and she's kind of having conflicts and she's talking trash and, you know, the, the character work is happening because she, she's got a long way to go, man. I mean, I was watching Dynamite and Red Velvet came out, which shout out to Red Velvet. She came out and, and Jade gave her a forearm. They slapped each other and then Jade gave her a forearm. And I think even at one point she may have elbowed her too. And those were live rounds, man. I mean, if if that wasn't as hard as she could do it, and it probably wasn't, just that little tap was, it looked pretty vicious. It looked pretty vicious. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done there because, you know, we don't want her knocking people out. We don't want her pulling the Nia Jax and, and hurting anybody. But when I see Jade, I think Bianca. And even to a certain extent, Lacey Evans, just in terms of people who are athletes and who are just carved out of stone and who don't really have much wrestling experience. Um, you got to take your time with them, man. You really got to take your time with them. And I think when we think when we consider how long it's taken Bianca to develop to where she is now, I mean, it's been about four or five years when you really think about it. If we start from when she first was mentioned in NXT and she was doing all these different training drills and competitions and what have you and, and showing that she was without a doubt the best athlete in the whole company. It took about four or five years to get her to the point where she's credible on TV and she can she can hold her own in a match. Right. She's not getting blown up like she was in NXT. She's not getting frustrated because she doesn't run out of moves in the middle of the match, she, she's, she's pacing herself better now. She, she's legit. And I think Jade has the opportunity to be like that, although in a different way. I, I don't think that she's going to be bouncing around like Bianca. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think Jade's moveset is going to be a little bit more methodical, a little slower, more power-based. You know, she might be the next Lex Luger in that regard. But there's money in, in her, man. There's, there's, there's plenty of money in her. So I'm just, just got to take your time. Take your time with Jade Cargo AEW. Take your time, please. Because she looks, she just, she's money. She's money. And even the foolishness on the mic. And I know a lot of people, Jim Cornette, they complain about it. Give me a break. 
Um, I like it. I like her on the mic. I think she's entertaining. So there's that. Um, I do feel that they really do need to pair her with somebody, though, and feature her more. But I don't want to see her in the ring. I definitely don't want to see her in the ring. She ain't ready. I don't care what anybody says. Let's not do that. <laughs> you know, she just she should be choke slamming people. She should be big booting people. Uh, that's about it for now. High impact. Quick and easy, baby. That's right. So, I mean, there's a lot to, of good stuff happening in wrestling. I know Mission Pro Wrestling, they have their event coming up soon and Ignite Wrestling. I'm going to have some more information next week about them as well. They got a huge event coming up, huge main event. Um, So, you know, there's some good things going on, definitely in wrestling. And there's some not so good things going on. And I got to touch upon the not so good things. And this is what we're leading up to here. So last week, you you know, you heard my. Me pontificating on. What Mick Foley had to say about the WWE Hall of Fame and Trump and all that good stuff. Well, this week, I'm going to go back to our old nasty friend, COVID-19. It has wreaked havoc on the world and. The world of pro wrestling is no different. And when we talk about the two majors now, WWE and AEW, you know, both companies, they're, they have not gone unscathed here. You know, they both have gotten their ass kicked. There's no two ways about it. We found out this week that uh, WWE champion uh, Drew McIntyre, he tested positive for COVID-19. He couldn't even go to Raw. So I, I I thought about this because, remember, the last time we saw Drew was a week before when it was Legends Night. And we had Hogan and Flair and Tory Wilson and you know, all sorts of folks at Legends Night in the WWE. Mickey James. Drew McIntyre was there. He was with Hogan. And then Drew McIntyre had a match, a great match, by the way, against Keith Lee. And then Drew McIntyre ended Raw being pushed by Goldberg. So many points of contact there, right? So they announced that Drew McIntyre tested positive for COVID-19. Okay. Yet. Keith Lee wrestled on Raw. So Drew did a little video message saying that he doesn't have any symptoms, but, you know, he's not going to be there. Great. But Keith Lee was there. And Keith Lee wrestled. And, and you know, I wonder about that. I wonder about that because how is that even possible? How is it even possible that Keith Lee, who had that knockdown drag out match, was able to be able to uh, be featured on Raw a week later. So I started doing my research here because it's like, you know, this is this is a little interesting. 
And, you know, they're down in Florida. And let me just say this. I, I'm very underwhelmed with the whole political structure down there in Florida. It's very backwards. It's uninformed. It's embarrassing. Because it's clear that their elected officials go out of their way, and especially their governor, go out of their way to put making money ahead of saving lives. And anytime making money is more important than saving lives, we got a problem, especially during these times with with the whole pandemic that we're dealing with. This guy invites everybody to come to Florida and and do business in Florida. Meanwhile, the COVID numbers are just embarrassing. They're, they're, They're through the roof everywhere, especially down there. And in many cases, you know, people are going down there for whatever reason. So they're either catching it there or they're bringing it there and then they're bouncing around. So it's almost as if you're sending out little missiles. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's completely irresponsible and crazy. So down in Florida, if you test yourself on the seventh day since the last time you you were in contact with somebody with COVID and you test negative, you can work. Think about that. So there's no 14 day, no 10 day, no whatever day quarantine there. Seven days you can work. Never mind the fact that, you know, it takes a while for COVID to to manifest in a lot of people, but that's a whole other story, right? Okay. So so that's probably what happened and and what allowed Keith Lee to to be on Raw, which shame on the WWE, because I would have Erred on the side of caution as opposed to, oh, yeah, go out there, buddy. Foolishness. But then I started thinking. I started doing some more research there. And I saw on the CDC website in particular that if you had it in the past 90 days and you come in contact with somebody within those 90 days since you've had it and recovered from it, as long as you don't show symptoms, you're considered fine. Because, you know, the, the logic is you have the anti- antibodies, right? If you have been vaccinated and you're not showing symptoms after being in contact with somebody who has it, you're considered fine. Again, the vaccine allows you to produce antibodies, right? Did Keith Lee have COVID-19 in the past 90 days? Because we, you know, that wasn't announced if that's the case. Or has Keith Lee been vaccinated? It's just very strange. WWE is is a publicly traded company, and I find it risky for them to just go by the seven day rule. So there's got to be more insurance than that there. This is just me speculating. This is my opinion. This is me doing a little research and me asking questions. And I know some of you out there, you act as if we can't ask questions anymore. Well, not we. Only your favorites your favorites can, but you know everybody else can't. And I just tell you all, go sit down somewhere. Grown folk are talking. Is it possible that Keith Lee in the past 90 days had COVID-19? Or that he's been vaccinated? And... Either way, he has the antibodies, and that's why he's been allowed to wrestle on Raw, despite breathing on, sweating on, being around Drew McIntyre last week. They had a match that was like, what, 15, 20 minutes? I mean, come on. It's a question. 
And I think that we've gone so far, especially with the mob mentality, that even asking a question is considered a negative thing. Oh, don't, don't, don't ask that. You can't ask that. Why not? Oh, that might upset so-and-so. Well, so what? So-and-so, they can be upset. I'm okay with that. I saw a strange thing happen. Brody Lee passed away. You know, the former Luke Harper in WWE. He's now, he was in AEW's Brody Lee. He passed away, which felt kind of sudden because no one even knew he was sick publicly for the most part. So this was a thing that was happening. We didn't even know. Okay, that's his business, his private business, his health. That's fine. But then a statement was put out. His wife put out a statement in AEW. You know, they reposted it and all that good stuff there. And one of the first things she said was he passed away from non-COVID complications. That was a little interesting the way that was phrased. So the natural question was, oh, if it wasn't COVID, what the hell was it? So eventually information gets out because, you know, he was at the Mayo Clinic, which, you know, they deal with a lot of cancer and things like that. So then they said, well, it was a respiratory issue. And then, you know, more information starts trickling out that both of his lungs shut down. The man was, was, you know, starting to feel a little funny. He couldn't complete his workouts. This was over a period of, you know, days or a week or so, what have you. He's feeling a little funny. Couldn't complete his workout. Eventually, he was feeling so bad that they had to rush him to the hospital. His lungs were failing him. And they eventually did. And then he eventually died. They said that this he was rushed to the hospital early to mid-October. Now think about that for a second. Early to mid-October, within the first two weeks of October, he's rushed to the hospital. And he never left until he passed away there. Think about that. Back in September, and it was late September, it was reported that there was an outbreak of COVID in AEW. Right around September 23rd, September 24th, that's when the first article started hitting the the wire there, right? There was an outbreak and multiple people tested positive who were AEW wrestlers. And we didn't get the full list of who it was. It was what it was, right? But a lot of people kind of kept their mouths shut and, you know, they started doing some really interesting things. They started denying that COVID was a big deal and, you know, finding creative ways when they were taking time off, if they took time off, to blame it on something else. It's really interesting. We didn't find out until recently, this is after Bertie Lee's death and what have you, that the situation was really, really a problem. In AEW, like bigger than what was reported. And let me back up for a second. So, so Bruce Mitchell, who was writing for the, um, you know, Wade Keller's publication, Bruce Mitchell wrote an article where he asked the question: Is what the wife is saying how this is non-COVID related? Is she is she does she mean that? He didn't even have it at all, so it couldn't even have contributed to Brody Lee's passing. Because it's just kind of interesting that a 41-year-old athlete whose job entails being in pretty solid cardio shape 
passes away from a lung issue within less than six weeks from the moment that he falls out because he, he, you know, whatever to the moment where they, they pronounced him. It's just, I mean, how does that happen (laughs) to a guy like that, to a person like that? So Bruce asked the question, are, you know, and is AEW, are they giving us the full story here? He asked the question, Bruce is writing an article. He's media over 30 years. He's been writing about wrestling stuff in other sports. He asked the question, pro wrestling torch, Wade Keller's publication. There's a backlash, right? The mob comes out. Oh, you shouldn't do that. And how dare you ask the family that? And how dare you call the wife a liar? And a blah, 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 blah. It was fascinating to, to watch the whole thing go down because it was clear that people would have vested interest in controlling the narrative. Not only were they okay with steering attention and ire toward Bruce, but many of them even weighed in and doubled down on that and say, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. And let me tell you something. Okay. To, to Brody Lee's family, listen, what, what happened to your, to, to Brody is a tragedy and it's awful. And my heart goes out to everybody. We, we have all lost so much and I can't even imagine these poor kids got to grow up without their father. This is terrible. So, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I, I got no, no, I don't feel one way or another about the family's statement and role in, in that regard from their perspective. They're doing whatever they're doing. And it's, I'm not going to get into that. But I am going to get into the company because I'm a consumer and because I cover this stuff. And because I don't believe that they're being truthful. And that's my opinion based on the facts. Because consistently, Tony Khan and AEW and their EVPs, they they say one thing, right? They market one thing and they deliver another. And I and I have demonstrated that time and time again. And I will tell you right now, Tony Khan, Shad Khan, Cody Rhodes. Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, you can tell God himself, you all can line up and come and get me, okay? Because I'm not afraid of you, and I'm not going to be silenced, and I'm not going to be put in a position where I can't ask questions. You don't have to answer the questions, but I'm going to keep looking until I find the answers because I don't believe you. Because I think that you folks are are poor business practices. And I think that in this situation, people's lives are at risk. And I'm concerned about the way that you're handling this thing. Come and get me. I'm not Bruce. Let me say that again. I'm not Bruce. You're not, you're not gonna you're not gonna beat me down to the point where I'm gonna I'm just gonna back off. And that's not a shot at Bruce. He has his reasons. You folks tarred and feathered that poor man. I'm not that. I'll take you all on. I'll line you all up one by one. Come and get me. 
I'm telling you right now, I don't believe you. I don't think you're being completely truthful about what happened to that young man. And I'm going to tell you folks why I, I am coming to this conclusion, which didn't take me much effort, by the way, because the facts are screaming at us. Nick Jackson, one of the young bucks, he puts out a statement. And, and let me tell you, I don't know what's wrong with this guy, by the way, because he's incriminating the company, in my opinion. Which, thank God for that. Maybe, you know, who knows? But it's just, it's interesting. He admits that he had COVID back in September. And he had, and he talked about all the things that it did to him. And what he described was so similar to the way that people in the know have described what happened to Brody Lee. It, it was incredible. Chris Jericho <laughs> just admitted that he had it. Back in September, something he never admitted before. And this guy was a COVID denier. It's not a big deal, blah, blah, blah. Go to, go check his tweets. Don't take my word for that. And Jericho, make take your best shot. Take your best shot. You were a COVID denier. Take your best shot. Go ahead. Take your best shot. Tell me that that's not true. Go ahead. Say, say that I'm making that up. Take your best shot. I dare you. I, I beg of you. Take your best shot. Because you have said that, and it's well documented. Meanwhile, this guy, Jericho, this son of God, goes to the Sturgis Biker Rally and performs with his with his band, Fozzie. Something that everybody said didn't make any sense at a time when you know social distancing and all these other things was was being preached. This guy goes to a, a major major event. Over 250,000 people had tested positive since that event, and it's all traced back to that event. And that event is considered a super spreader event of mass proportions. And this child of God, Chris Jericho, had the audacity to go there and perform. And then he had the audacity to wrestle. Every week. And yes, I know they tape certain things and all that good stuff, but he was around people. And he, and he, you know, talked on the microphones and he was in the ring. And that's just what we see. Every week. So don't sit here and tell me that I can't ask the question. Did this, this, this cluster that AEW experienced back in September, did it in any way contribute to the unfortunate passing of Brody Lee? I'm asking the question. It's logical. It may not be answered directly, but I'm going to keep asking that question. So the people who can actually figure out the answer definitively will pursue it. Because if it's a fluke and it had nothing to do with it, fine. But if it's not, then we got some major problems here, AEW. Tony Khan, Shad Khan, Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. We got some major problems here. Because this is this is another example, and I told Tony Khan this personally. The mismanagement that happens in that company is embarrassing. And I'm paraphrasing. 
But I told him, I said, you know, you guys don't even really communicate with each other. You're saying one thing, this one's saying another thing, this one's posted down on the website, and they all contradict each other. What the hell's going on? I've said that to the guy. This is this is a, a, a problem. This is a major problem. And let me tell you something. For all of you fans so-called out there who have the audacity to say it's nobody's business what happened to Brody Lee. Whew, you don't give a damn about him. You don't give a damn about the other wrestlers. You don't give a damn about people in general. This is a company with a vested interest in diverting any attention, any blame on themselves. Okay? That's what companies do. They're not unique in that. WWE is no different. This is what companies do. Wherever you work or used to work or will work, they're going to do the same thing. That's what companies do. So I'm not just picking on AEW in that regard. But it's up to the people to support and protect the people right it was irresponsible for tony khan to allow chris jericho to do sturges and then be around the talent after that it was irresponsible i don't care what kind of claims of testing first of all clearly you weren't testing so much at all or whatever testing you were doing i don't i don't think it was so accurate if you had the kind of outbreak that you did. And don't tell me, well, our testing caught it. I don't think your testing caught it at all. I think it was just happening to the point where it was undeniable that it was happening. <laughs> There's a little difference there, right? Jericho said on his podcast, he didn't even know he had it. What does that tell you? Son of a gun was, was according to what, what all the CDC and everybody says, He that means he was just a carrier. He was shedding everywhere. I dare you to say something about that. I dare you to tell me I'm wrong about that. So what kind of testing are you doing if this guy has COVID-19 and he's, he's there every week? How often was he tested? He should have been tested every. Listen, you should have you should have had the, the, the damn uh, swab attached to him. He shouldn't have been there, but I mean, he should have been the most tested person of them all, considering that he was at that Sturgis rally. And here's my next question. When you look at the cluster that happened in AEW, and that's what I'm calling it. It was a cluster. When you look at what happened there, did that start before Jericho went to Sturgis and came back and was around everybody or after? Yeah, I'm asking questions. And I'm not Bruce Mitchell. You can you can call me out online all you want. I don't really give a damn. You can you can you can demand this one don't work with me and that one. I don't really give a damn. I'm my own boss anyway, so you make your make your move. That's fine. You folks need to understand something. When we talk about media, media's job is not to say everything that you want to hear. Media's job is to ask questions and pursue the truth. Go after the facts. And there's such a thing as an editorial. There's such a thing as analysis. That's part of investigation too. And I and listen, 
I'm not looking to, 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 to work with AEW or WWE or your mama. I don't care. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And I do care about these wrestlers. It's one of the things that I think gets lost in translation here. I don't give a damn about the office, but I do give a damn about the boys and the girls. I care about the talent because they're human beings, they're people. And because I know so many of them who've put their lives on the line to entertain us and they walk away with very little, so many of them, it ain't right. So if I have a voice, I'm going to use it. I use it in my everyday life. It's who I am. Anybody wants to look into who I am, you're going to notice a common thread here. I speak up on behalf of people who've been marginalized and mistreated. Done it professionally. It's what I do. I was put on this earth to do it. Tony Khan, I don't know you. I don't really care to know you either. I can only go by what what you have presented to the world. I think you're a poor businessman. I think I think that there's a there's a, a disconnect in your morals. And I think that, quite frankly, the way that you go about things is pretty dangerous. Your daddy, too. That's my opinion. And as it relates to this specifically, I'm very disappointed in you. And I don't trust you. And I and, and I, I I find it fascinating. You have spent so much time, Tony Khan, and Vince McMahon is no different. You don't get off unscathed either, Vince. I'm I just I'm disgusted with you from a general standpoint. Too many times to even count them. So you can go to hell too. But Tony Khan, I'm talking to you right now. You spent so much time trying to control the narrative, try to control media. You marketed things that are just flat out not true about your company and what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And you just, it's flat out not true. You've presented yourself as these social justice good guys, and you're far from that. Somebody who worked for your company passed away. There was a cluster of COVID running rampant in your company within the time period that this man had to go to the hospital for whatever issues that took him down. And you had a you had a guy, a child of God, and I'm calling him a child of God because I don't want to swear. But Chris Jericho, whatever you with the worst thing you can think of to call somebody, that's what I think of you right now. Because you went out there and put everybody at risk the moment you decided to go to, co- to go to that damn Sturgis rally and then go back to AEW without incubating yourself, without quarantining yourself for at least 14 days. You put everybody at risk. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And Tony Khan, you're worse than him because you enabled it. You allowed it to happen. You put everybody at risk. And I'm saying that based on the information provided from all of you. Tell me I'm wrong. I dare you. Come get me. I dare you. Wipe my hind parts with you cease and desist. There should be an investigation. You know, you, you got your buddy there, Andrew Yang. <laughs> talking about WWE, well, there should be an investigation. What the hell's going on over there in AEW with this COVID stuff and how a wrestler was able to pass away there? Because you're marketing that you're doing all this great testing and you know, you even had a guy go on TV and Taz and say, we don't run a sloppy shop. You're as sloppy as sloppy Joe's. 
It ain't right. It just ain't right. And I know some people, they're going to sit there and they're going to say, oh, here he goes again. It ain't right, guys. And if you really look into everything that I've said about this company and about the things that I take issue with, there's a common thread here. And no, it's not. Well, he just doesn't like them. Oh, he's just a WWE mark. Give me a break. See, have you heard the things I've said about WWE and and what I've researched and what my guests have revealed about that company? You you really think I'm a I'm a WWE mark? I'm a mark for all the wrestlers. I love the wrestlers. I can't stand the offices because the 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 vast majority of them are just immoral. Their actions prove it. It's immoral. I don't know why Keith Lee was wrestling on Raw this week, but it it, it just that wasn't the right message to send WWE. It wasn't. You put money over over doing the right thing. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Keith Lee shouldn't have a vaccine. So if that happened, then we need to look into that, too. He, sh- he shouldn't be vaccinated. How is that possible? And if he had COVID in the, in the past 90 days, then it's interesting that you didn't release and tell us that that happened with him. That's interesting. But even still, I would still make that man stay home. Jesus Christ, look at Ric Flair. This guy. His entire body shut down. You know, he, he almost died. You can't have this stuff around him. So so going back to AEW, <laughs> this is bigger than you. This is right and wrong. And you folks out there who allowed the billionaire's little boy, the billionaire's little boy, the billionaire gave his little boy a little toy so he can play wrestler instead of having a video game or instead of having little action figures like the rest of us he gets his own promotion to play wrestler he gets to book his matches and he gets to get his favorites to be in there and he gets to play with his toys good hey you know i'd probably do the same thing you know so that's great i don't begrudge that i think it's fantastic hope we all get to experience that someday maybe we'll hit the mega millions and we'll be able to do the same thing but you folks let the 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 money people Divert attention from them and put it on a regular guy like Bruce Mitchell. And let me tell you something about Bruce Mitchell. Bruce has been on this show before. And I like Bruce. But I also get annoyed with Bruce on a few things. Primarily, Bruce is one of those people who would always join the mob his own self and jump on top of somebody. Even when he had, you know, a very small portion of the story, he pulled that stunt with me before and come to find out. And he was able to see proof that I was right all along. So Bruce is a product of karma. The same mob that he used to participate in has turned its ugly head on him because the rich guy has managed to convince people that he's the victim. He controls the narrative. He's the one who's di- directing media on what they should and shouldn't do. And you all fell for it. Meanwhile, we got a guy who passed away. We got a guy who was at a big super spreader event. And all the time periods, they add up. Who did Jericho possibly spread it to? Who did they possibly spread it to? And did it make its way to, to Mr. Lee? Which weakened him. 
and put him in a position where he would have these respiratory issues. Because if that's not the case, then how the hell was this guy able to work in the WWE and AEW and no one knew he had a respiratory issue this entire time? Somebody needs to sue a doctor or something if that's the case. Doesn't this guy get physicals? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> I've seen him wrestle. I've seen him do a hurricane rana with his big self. You don't tell me that you couldn't detect what was wrong with that guy. And don't tell me that something other than natural causes was responsible for that. I just don't believe that. That 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 defies logic. You folks went after Bruce Mitchell's job for writing an article where he asked a question. And now you got Nick Jackson and Chris Jericho showing you that Bruce may have been on to something. And the worst part is, and I, and I put it out on Twitter. I said, you know, you all owe Bruce Mitchell an apology. And so many people jumped on top of me, F him and blah, blah. Really? Really? You can't admit that you're wrong? Really? It just, it, it really, it's, it's disturbing. We cannot let the office control the narrative here because lives are at risk. That's it. So I'm saying it. I'm saying it all. And I know some of you knuckleheads are going to take bits and pieces and try to twist my words to be whatever it is. And I'm okay with that. You know why? I'm a complete thinker and I'm a complete talker. And I can I stand firm on my own. I don't ask anybody else to stand with me. I don't, you know, you're all Terry Cloth anyway. Can't depend on any of you anyway. Because you claim to care about a guy. And yet you're angry at the guy who wrote the, the article asking the question of what happened to him instead of being angry at the company to put everybody at risk in the first place. That doesn't compute. Doesn't make sense. But I'm not surprised. We got to make a decision here. Do we actually care about the wrestlers or do we just like to say that to make ourselves seem like we do? Got to make a decision. A lot of you, you know, when we talk about the wrestlers should have a union, a lot of you, oh, you know, that would ruin the business. You like people like Cody Rhodes tell you that and you accept that. That's embarrassing. That's a that's a bunch of crap. It's not going to ruin the business. It's going to force innovation. Do, don't the wrestlers deserve to be protected more? Give me a break. Have more job security, have some kind of pension. What the hell's going on here? I don't think you folks really care about these these wrestlers. That's just my opinion. I don't really, I don't think you really do care about them at all. I think you only care about what is convenient for you in the moment. But when it comes to having a moral compass and to stand for something, no matter who it is, even when people you like are in the wrong, you still stand by the moral of the fact that this is wrong no matter who is committing the offense. I don't think you folks really, like I said, it's Terry Cloth. You're not built for that. You're just not. And we see it. Because everybody should be asking Tony Khan, what the hell is going on? And how the hell could you let Chris Jericho be around everybody when he was at that super spreader event? And everybody should be asking Vince McMahon, why the hell is Keith Lee on TV wrestling when he was just rubbing up against Drew McIntyre a week ago? You folks aren't. You're not serious. And for those of you that are, you're going to stand alone and you're going to have a lot of resistance. You're going to be pushed up against it. And in some cases, they're going to attack you the way they attacked Bruce Mitchell. 
But you know what they say. Either stand for something or you're going to fall for everything. (laughs) All right. I've said my piece on that. At Duke Loves Wrestling. Twitter, Facebook. Duke Loves Wrestling at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. I know you have an opinion. I'm sh- I, I know that the minions over there in AWE, <laughs> and I didn't say that by accident, they're probably going to try to, to tar and feather me on this one too. I'm, I'm going to give them a fair warning. I, I, I'm ready. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not concerned about you. You're wrong. I actually feel compelled to expose you, to be honest. So, you know, just be careful. You, you, you can't push me around. So, you know, who's, who's going to muscle Nikki? Nikki is the muscle. Remember that? You know, it's like, you know, I'm not concerned with you. You, you, you folks are not, you're not doing good business in my opinion. And, when, and, you know, now we got people dying and people getting sick when they, they have no business getting sick because, quite frankly, a lot of this stuff was within your control. So, you know, make your move. With that said, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Seriously, folks, stand for something. Enough of this foolishness. Stop giving a pass to people that you like and stop going too hard on the people that you dislike. Call it down the middle. Have some integrity for a change. Talk to you next week.